Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley and I'm super excited for this week's show because Jan's back in town here Woo-hoo. in the studio in Chicago. Uh, please welcome back to the show, Jan B. Hi, Jan. Guess who's back? Nice. Back in town. Um, yeah, Jan cast. Woo! Eminem just hit us <laughs> with a cease and desist. Us and who was the other one? Oh, yeah. Who was, oh, it was Vivek. Yeah. Right? Vivek yeah, was rapping his songs on stage I, or something. And Okay. I can't believe that people would use music for their political campaigns. This is not, this is a bipartisan issue. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. For their, for their political campaigns, for their uh, big news stories or whatever, would use somebody else's music without checking with yeah. them. Yeah. That just seems wrong to me. All right. Hey, you heard it here first, everyone. Name the artist. <laughs> name the artist. Uh, how are you, Jen? I'm doing all right. How are you, Patrick? You know, I'm here. How's your Chicago visit been? The Chicago bi- visit has been terrific. Good. Nice, muggy September. Oh, yes. Suburban Chicago weather. Yes. Um, doing some hometown stuff and <laughs> um, just living it up, basically. Yeah. Uh, hey, have you seen anything good lately? I have seen some good things lately, actually. Um, because I love movies. (laughs) And I try to see them a lot. So... That's awesome. The last thing I saw, which is not a brand new movie, but was a first time watch for me, was... It doesn't have to be new. And it doesn't have to be new, but it was new to me. It doesn't Um, even have to be good. It's just a thing I say. Well, some people would... Yeah, I guess a lot of people... I talk about movies I don't like all the time in this segment. I think we should only talk about movies we don't like and just be like... Let's be every other podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So actually, I did like this movie, but a lot of people have not. And that movie is 65. Oh, right. Which I watched on the plane over because um, my usual movie buddy... Was not into it, and I don't force people to see movies they don't want to see, um, because there's room for all the movie love. Um, right. But I did enjoy 65. Okay. And I give you a couple reasons. All right. One, dinosaurs. One. Dinosaurs are good? Two, um, sci-fi. Okay. I I have a really low bar and I think this will come up later. I think it will. I have a really low bar for what I will enjoy if it is genre adjacent, okay. at least, okay. to science fiction. Okay. Okay. So I I have an just an automatic – I give automatic points just for being sci-fi or sci-fi adjacent because that's just my jam. And so, I, I really love it. In this instance, what constitutes the sci-fi? Is it like – Spaceships and laser guns? Yeah. Okay. No, literally spaceships yeah, and I laser thought. guns. Right. Um, but three, another reason I really enjoyed <clears throat> this movie, uh, I wouldn't, actually, I wouldn't say I really enjoyed, <laughs> but I did enjoy it, um, is Adam Driver. Yeah. He's a performer I find super dynamic and super interesting to watch. He makes interesting choices. He uh, doesn't. He seems like he does not want to get buttonholed into a type, even though he is Kylo Ren. Yeah, uh, I know it's weird, right? <laughs> but he's also done a lot of other things. I wrote um, a column about uh, the movie Patterson 
won yes, Poetry Month. Right. He's terrific in that movie. He's really I still great. Haven't in that seen that movie. It's 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 really worth seeing. I know. Um, so I really liked him in that. I I've liked him in so many things because he just has a. He's just an interesting. He has an interesting physical presence to watch. He did you watch the show Girls? I did not. Okay, like I saw a few episodes here and there, but not. Yeah. You're totally fine, but okay. that's where he got on my radar. Yeah, and I really felt like he wasn't an actor. They just found that guy. <laughs> that's how good he was on that show. And so then to see him do all this other stuff, it's like it makes his performance on Girls that much more impressive. Yeah. Uh, but it's fascinating that he's become such a huge movie star. Yeah, and he is a movie star. Yeah. I think he could, do, like, look at him in the movie. Um, I will not. Do not. I won't look at him. <laughs> Everything you find interesting, I find repulsive. Um, uh, Look at him in the movie Inside Lewin Davis. Yes. He's in it for a really short time playing a small role. But he makes an impression in that role. He does the low part on he Please does Mr. President. The low part. <laughs> Outer <laughs> space. space. Oh my gosh, that's sci fi adjacent too. <laughs> because they mention outer space? <laughs> yes, yes. That's all it takes. I know. Um, so, yeah, so 65 was a 65 movie. 65, I need I to see. I think it's on Netflix. Uh, and I missed it, but I want to see it. Yeah, I think you should. If you're interested in dinosaurs and sci-fi and Adam Driver. I like all those things, but for some reason I didn't go see 65. Yeah, I think a lot of people made yeah. that choice. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you Did you get the impression that by the third Star Wars movie that Adam Driver was like kind of miserable? I, you know, I don't know about miserable. Um, maybe it's been that solo that was miserable and that's just the depth of his performance his name is ben solo by the way as in i've been (laughs) solo um so yeah uh i do think that by the third one that he was in he had had so many other opportunities so many other um challenges like artistically that maybe he felt he was retreading some old ground with that character. Okay. But, yeah. All right. Uh, what else? Okay. So um, another thing I saw recently was a movie I have not seen in 25 years. But okay. that was a Fathom event was the movie. Um, they're doing a whole series on Studio Ghibli. Oh, right. And I saw Princess Mononoke. Okay. In a theater again. After a long time, um, and it was really fun. It was a really fun rewatch. It was a movie that was um, really important to my son when he was younger, so we watched it a lot as a family. Um, And just the takeaway I got from this revisit was how gorgeous the score is on that movie. Okay. Um, And it's pretty bonkers. If you... (laughs) have never seen Princess Mononoke or if you're not a huge fan of those movies, um, kind of know what you're going in for. Because you, you and I had already talked about this a little. So yeah. what's your Mononoke history? <laughs> I haven't seen it <laughs> since, I think it was 1999, right, when it that came out. Right, yeah. 
And I went to see it with Doug at like 10 p.m., having never seen a Studio Ghibli movie, having very little. I had maybe seen like Akira when it comes yeah. to like anime. Um, and I didn't know what to make of it. Like, I wasn't bored, but I was like, Oh, no, huh? you're not going to be bored by the movie no. with the giant f- worm like bored demon right. charging at people. When they. So I haven't seen it since then, but I'm. Yeah definitely do for a revisit because i i'm still i saw like spirited away okay i've seen a handful but i'm waiting for the one that unlocks it all yeah 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 i i don't know if mononoke will be that movie sure um it wasn't in 1999 <laughs> but again unfair statement that's true because it it's not the usual sensibility that movies and particularly animated movies, right, have been for American audiences, <laughs> right. So, when Phantom Events does the screening, do they show the subtitled version or the American dub? It was the American dub, but okay. they had gone to great lengths on this one in particular. Like Billy Crudup does right. um, the Prince, and um, I think Claire Danes. Claire Danes, yeah, does the Wolf Princess. So um, there were a lot. Of, I think Billy Bob Thornton's a voice talent in this movie. So there's a lot. Like, they tried to get. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. That was it. Boar demon. I really like those boar demons. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, I. Yeah, it wasn't the American dub, but it was okay. very well done. Sure. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, and let me pick another one. Keep oh, them coming. Um, Bottoms. Yes. Was a movie that my movie buddy, JB, and I went to see recently that we found thoroughly delightful. Uh, truly funny. I, I actually don't want to say too much about it as a film because I went in only knowing that Several of my friends had really enjoyed it, mm-hmm. and, and I knew it was like about two high school girls, right? But I didn't really know anything else about it, and, okay. I'm, and I'm glad. I knew the basic premise because I remember when it was announced, they said uh, Emma Seligman, the director of Shiva Baby, is reteaming with Rachel Sennett for a movie about two young high school girls who start a fight club to hook up with cheerleaders. And I was like, <laughs> this movie needs to come out now. It writes itself. <laughs> because I need to see whatever that is. Did you like Shiva Baby? A lot. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so good. I mean, if you kind of know the director already, that's, I guess, I think your expectations going into a film can really color your experience of yeah, a film. Yeah, definitely. So I was <clears> expecting <throat> to like it. Sure. Um, and I did. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Rob wrote a review on the site. I think it's his favorite movie of the year. Yeah, yeah. Very um, worth reading, uh, Rob's take. Yeah, definitely. I Yeah, I think it's probably the best comedy I've seen all year. It was truly funny. And as we were – sorry, uh, listeners, you don't get to hear the stellar dialogue that we share before the podcast. <laughs> like we talk – all the I'm time. thinking about opening up just a 24-hour live stream, right? So people can just always hear us, um, as well they should. Yeah. And um, so I think I'd mentioned that one of the funniest. There are a lot of funny, not only joke jokes, but like a lot of funny situations. A lot mm. of there, I thought there was a lot of funny physical comedy, yeah. in this movie. Um, but one of the funniest lines for me was actually in sort of like the 
the crazy outtakes <laughs> during the end credits. Um, so it just doesn't even stop being funny even when the movie's over. Yeah. It's a movie that I need to see again because I think there are jokes that I missed. Just visual stuff happening in the corners. Okay. And that rarely happens in movies anymore. Yes. And this is where F This Movie once again provides uh, a valuable public service. Interesting. I would say if you are listening to this, and I'm sure you are, um, <laughs> that before you go into Bottoms, mm-hmm. that is one thing you should know about the movie. It's not a typical – I mean, there are certain things about the tone and style of the movie that are a little bit um, atypical in a good way. Yes. You should just keep your radar up from the very beginning because right. you will – I know my husband, JB, he missed a couple things at the very beginning – because it's not – there were little jokes hidden where you, you're you not used to looking for them. Sure. Which I love. Yes. And makes it even more fun on a rewatch. It's very good. I put something on Twitter that like in 10 years this is going to be like a midnight cult movie. I could definitely see it. And there's going to be all these people who are like, why did no one tell me that Bottoms was so good? And it's like, well, we're telling you that it's so good. See it now. See it now. Get ahead of the curve. On a big screen where it's easier to see some of those jokes. Yeah, right. Like literally easier to see. Uh, Because I do think this is a movie that's going to have a long life. Yeah. Um, So get in at the beginning. I feel like there are a couple of other movies like that. Like I feel like Mystery Men is like that. Like now people are saying – Maybe they're not. Um, I felt it was kind of ignored at the time. Yes. We did a – JB and I did a Patreon show about Mystery Men and I have long theorized that Mystery Men's problem was that it was 10 years too early. Yeah. Because people didn't quite get what it was goofing on. Yeah. And now they have a much better vocabulary for like the jokes in that movie. Exactly. So, okay. Exactly. And yeah. maybe it was listening to that Patreon. Patreon that made me say what I just said. It's possible. Um. So yeah, that was fun. Bottoms is good. Bottoms is good. The last one I want to mention that I've seen recently that I also enjoyed. Yes. Was, uh, you are so not coming to my bat mitzvah. And I wish it had a different title. I think the title makes it sound like it's a movie for 12-year-olds. Which it kind of is, It kind right? of is, but there's uh, there was plenty that I laughed at. Oh, and yeah, 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 for sure. I think it's not just for 12-year-olds. Correct. Um, so, yeah, maybe that would be – maybe there would be a better title that would make it more of a, um, a tip-off that, hey, you know, whole families might enjoy this movie – or maybe not little kids, but right. whole families. Yeah, with, there's some stuff in with there that teen children might enjoy watching together. There are some things in there. Yes, but it. One thing I really liked about it was that it like talked in a more real way about mm-hmm. some real stuff mm-hmm. that you know, twelve to eighteen year old kids might be going through. Mm-hmm. I saw in the credits that it's based on a book. So that's where the title comes from, I assume. Um, And it definitely has – there's my wife sneezing upstairs. Um, I can hear it. (laughs) So it it definitely has the tone of like a good young adult book. Yeah, yeah. In that it's talking to younger people sort of at their level, not talking down to them. 
but there's plenty of stuff for like adults who are like either I've been there or I'm watching my kids go through this or whatever, you know. Um, I thought it was interesting that your 14-year-old did not necessarily seem that interested just like he he didn't come in saying, I can't wait to see this movie. (laughs) Right. He's always interested in a movie night. But that there were several times when he seemed to really relate to the truth on the screen. Yeah, right. Which I thought was pretty cool. I think it's probably my favorite of all of the... I haven't seen Hustle, which was the Adam Sandler basketball movie. And it was more of a drama, not a comedy. Um, But all of of all the Netflix Sandler movies that I've seen, this one I think is the best one. Yeah, I didn't hate Hubie Halloween. Oh, no, I like Hubie Halloween, actually. But I thought this was better as a movie. I agree. Yeah. And I will probably rewatch Hubie Halloween around Halloween just right. because it's fun to watch Halloween movies around Halloween. Absolutely. I thought, uh, I think the movie, and I'm probably a little bit guilty of this, too, because one of my issues with sort of the Happy Madison of it all has mm-hmm. always been like, oh, he casts his friends and they go mm-hmm. on vacation together. You yeah. know? <laughs> um, Would that we all could do so. And so this is, well, I'm going to cast my family and let's all get paid by Netflix to do this movie. Uh, yeah. So there's a little bit of like at a time when, you know, Nepo Babies yeah, is, a, say, is a real Nepo concern. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's There's some of that going on. Having said that, I thought both of his daughters, in particular, I think it's Sonny who plays the lead. Yeah. It's Sadie and Sonny, and I can't remember who's who, but I think Sonny is the lead. I thought they were both really good. Yeah. I was a little surprised yeah. that they seemed pretty natural without um, without having that sort of veneer of performer child. Yeah. That sometimes kids who grow up in Hollywood have that. Right. Yeah, but they didn't have that. They seemed pretty natural. If I didn't know that she was Adam Sandler's daughter, I would have assumed that Sonny beat out every other yeah. young actor for the part. Yeah. Because she's really, really good. And then I come, I, I swing all the way around again, and I'm like, it's really nice that he got to make this movie with his kids. And I really like that yeah. they're playing a family together. Um, And it does <clears> – <throat> I think it was one thing that helped him – kind of rain back in on his Adam Sandlerness a little bit. Well, except for when he says, you are so not invited to my bar mitzvah. Shabba, shabba, Yeah, that's the that's what people won't expect is that it's a bat mitzvah. Yeah. It's a bat mitzvah for a grown man who, right. for various reasons, missed his original bar mitzvah. And this is the route he is taking to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe it was easier for him to rein some of that in because he didn't want to steal spotlight from his beautiful daughters. Maybe. Maybe. He just kind of – he does like what Patton Oswalt used to call jetpack acting where he just yeah. kind of pops into a scene. Yeah. He does a little bit and then he leaves again and really lets his kids have the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. And they had good chemistry together mm-hmm. as you would hope a parent right. and child would. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> Wouldn't it be awful to see a movie <laughs> – where a parent and child are playing a parent yeah. and child that yeah. just had like terrible chemistry. Yes, where people are just like, I don't buy it. <laughs> uh, they're not believably related. Like I'm calling the state because <laughs> these two should not be spending more time together. Do you think that 
there's that it's easier to enjoy like one of these Sandler Netflix movies because the stakes are lower because you're just like pressing a button on your remote and calling it up instead of going out to a theater and paying and sitting down to like make me laugh funny man yeah yeah um, maybe sometimes I don't know um maybe sometimes but I I am a person who thinks there is room in society and in people's lives for movie experiences that are sitting at home popping on Netflix. Oh, for sure. So I, you know, I don't think that Netflix necessarily has to be the end of theater movies. Right. I am like <clears throat> going back to seeing 65 on an airplane. <laughs> um I, it, it wasn't until later that I realized it probably wasn't a directorial choice to have the sound of a wailing infant in the background <laughs> at all times during the movie. You I thought, were on one of those IMAX flights, though, right? <laughs> I need more flights with IMAX. Yes. Just like the whole surrounding yes. of the plane. That'd be cool. Yes. That'd be cool. <laughs> on my chair in the sky. Um. All right, cool. How about so, you? you know, I saw you're not invited to my bat mitzvah. <laughs> uh, excuse me. You are, you are so, so not invited to my bat mitzvah. A line that does appear in the film, everyone. Yes. Um, what? I don't know what else to talk about. Um, I started class this semester as I often do by showing because I always want to show a movie that's about movies mm -hmm. and i switch it up but most semesters i feel like i've shown matinee yes I and i'm just reminded that it's a genuinely perfect movie it's fantastic it's so good that like i was watching it back to back because i have one class right after another and i didn't care it yeah. wasn't i was still laughing at the jokes i find new things that i find funny every time i watch that movie um to your point about uh, Princess Mononoke, I was appreciating Jerry Goldsmith's score more than ever. I've been listening to it in my car. Um, yeah, I, I noticed just, that. Yeah. It, it, again, <laughs> it won't come as a surprise to anybody who goes back 11 years, 12 years, to uh, those episodes we did around our 100th show when we each did our favorite movies and yeah. Matinee was one of mine. Um, but It's got everything. Goodness, do I love it. Yeah, with good reason. Yeah. Got everything. Um, and then I saw a pair of 2023 horror movies that I'll talk about in conjunction with each other because they were each directed by former members of the comedy troupe The State. Okay. So Michael Patrick Jan. So they Jan, were hilarious. Exactly. Michael Patrick Jan, who also directed like all the episodes of the state and then went on to direct most of Reno 911. Um, he made drop dead gorgeous, which is a very funny movie. If you've never seen that also from 1999, the year of princess Mononoke 99 was so good that even the bad movies were good. And I'm not calling <laughs> princess Mononoke or drop dead gorgeous, the bad movies, but like, right. Even like placid came out in 1999. It was, anyway, it was so good. Um, it was a good time. So he has a new movie called organ trail. Oh. Which is a Western that's not quite a horror movie. It's just a Western that gets really dark and violent. Uh, has nothing to do with organs or organ or harvesting. It's just a play on Oregon Trail. And it's called Oregon Trail. Um, 
It was you decent. Have dysentery. <laughs> I am. I'm a sucker for contemporary westerns. I'm a sucker for westerns that take place in the snow. Oh, okay. Um, I thought the performances were good. I generally liked it overall. Like, I think it's worth watching, but I. I don't know who I would recommend it to. Okay. Yeah. You know, like. Like, it's people are out there. You're just not yeah. sure who they are. <laughs> if somebody at, was interested in Oregon Trail and said, should I watch this? I would say, yes, absolutely. But I'm not going to go out of my way to tell people to seek it out. Okay. Let me ask you this. All right. Since our later conversation is going to um, touch on genre, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what uh, what is it about the Western genre that you saw really represented in Oregon Trail? I mean, just the... Horses and hats? Basically. <laughs> just <laughs> lasers and, and spaceships, yeah, you know? Spaceships like, and laser guns. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's cool to watch a movie without technology. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely like some archetypal villain stuff, but the movie kind of plays with that. And so who you think is sort of the main bad guy maybe isn't the main bad guy. And okay. um, I don't know what it is about Westerns that I like. Sure. I tend to like a newer, you know, because they really yeah. only make them independently now. They rarely make like studio Westerns. Isn't that a shame? It is. It's such an interesting genre. And I love what you just said that it's a that you particularly love contemporary westerns mm-hmm. because I don't know that I think those some of those themes of the western are still really relevant in different ways mm-hmm. just to our modern world. Yes. So. Uh it's it's just so rare that they get made, so I always appreciate one when it comes out, especially like in indie because Think yeah. about how hard that would be. Like, yeah. we have very little money to make a movie. Let's do a period Western. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> um, so I appreciate it. And then the other one that I watched was written and directed by Joe Latrulio. Oh. Of Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine-Nine fame. Yeah. Uh, and it's called Outpost. And it stars, wait for it, his wife, Beth Do. <clears throat> Excuse me. Beth Dover, who I think was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. she, she was. You 100% would recognize her. No, uh, she do. mostly does comedy, so it was interesting to see. Was this movie a comedy? Uh, it was not. It's a horror movie. Okay. But um, yeah, but could it be a horror comedy? It could be, but it isn't. Why can't movies just be one thing? I, I like <laughs> when I don't like chocolate mixing with my peanut butter. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, her. Yeah, she's very <laughs> recognizable, but wasn't somebody whose name that I automatically knew. Um, she plays a woman who's dealing with some unseen trauma and takes a job in the woods <laughs> working as like a forest ranger. She's way stationed way up and she's supposed to look for fires and she's and it's like a three month job. And she may – there's okay. elements of like The Shining kind of. Okay. Tell me the name of this movie again. Outpost. Outpost. Okay. You know those um, those assessment, those career assessments? Do kids still take those in high school? I don't know. So back in the olden days when I was in a Western of my life, 
when I did a school career <laughs> assessment, yeah. uh, one of the top targeted jobs for me was yeah. forest ranger. Interesting. <laughs> so I'm looking at Beth Dover with her brown eyes and her brown hair and being a forest ranger mm-hmm. and having traumatic issues. I'm like, it me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I hope it works out better for you, Thank you. than oh, it does for no. Beth Dover. Um, the movie's like okay. Yeah. Again, I I I I probably liked Oregon Trail better, um, because I don't think Outpost quite earns where it goes. But again, as a huge fan of the state, both of these movies were worth yeah. it just to see. Like, I want to see these two people make horror movies, and especially Joe Latrulio, like making his first movie. He wrote it as well. That's his awesome. Partner is acting in it, you know. Like, uh, I'm on board, and I will see whatever he does next. Okay, that's a, even if the movie yeah. didn't totally work for me. But that's that can be really fun, actually, because maybe the next movie he makes will work for everyone, right? And you will be able to see vestiges of Outpost in his next. It's work possible. That, I love that, though. Yeah. A lot of times. I will have movies that I've enjoyed and won't won't have paid attention to, say, the director or whatever, or the writer. And then when that writer sort of comes forward or that director sort of comes forward in my consciousness and I see other things they've done, mm-hmm. it'll be like, oh, that makes sense sure. that the guy who just did this did that other one right. three years ago. Right. And I love that. I love when that happens. It just reminds me how awesome movies are and what a complicated and special art form they are. Yeah. I I will do this with movies. I don't really do it with books. I don't really do it with music. But I will have filmmakers whose entire career I will follow despite never really loving any of their movies. I respect that very much about you. Ben Wheatley comes to mind. I haven't seen The Meg 2 yet, but and that's very out of character for him to have made The Meg 2. Um, I don't think I've ever loved a Ben Wheatley movie, but I'm always like, I'll see the next one. I'll see the next one. Uh, and I'll probably talk more about this next week. But like, I, okay. don't, I don't necessarily give bands so many chances where I'm like, I didn't like this album. I'm not going to rush out and get the next one or... Books are maybe just much more of a time commitment. Yeah. Where yeah. if I don't like this one book by an author, unless the topic or subject matter grabs me for the next one, I may not give it a chance. Right. But movies, I'm like, yeah, I got two hours. That's interesting because I will see, and I know to, uh, was it Adam <clears throat> who did the I'll See Anything challenge with John? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. Shout out to Adam R. Um, I will see mostly anything. It's again, if it's, I, I usually I have the two hours. Yeah. If I'm gonna go to a movie, I'm gonna have a, a modicum of enjoyment just in the fact that I'm at the movies. Mm-hmm. It's an art form I'm really interested in, mm-hmm. and I think that's important when we're approaching creative work because. If you love everything, there is something wrong with your brain. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That doesn't mean to like stop trying to see everything. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean – I think uh, some people get 
forced uh, towards art too early or too um, harshly. And like, I'm, I guess I'm saying this as a poet. I hear a lot. Oh, poetry's just not for me. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Do you know how many billions of poems exist? Sure. None of them are for you. <laughs> they all suck. I don't. Nobody's saying they suck. I think what <laughs> I've never said poetry's not for me, but I have said like, oh, I didn't get it. Yeah, that's fine. But you might still read a poem. Yes. Especially when I text it to you. Yeah, at yeah. Then 3 I have no and choice. Say, Please tell me this is good. Because a lot of times I'll think something's wrong, and then before <laughs> you know it, I've read a, a sinquain. <laughs> Um, all my work now is Sinquains. <laughs> okay, I'm good. really exploring this Sinquains space. <laughs> um, I think I will pretty much watch anything. There's definitely stuff that like holds no appeal for me. Yeah. Doesn't mean that like if somebody nudged me that I would like, I don't know if I'll ever see the second best exotic Marigold right. Hotel. <laughs> okay. That's a great example. I don't I'm I'm not refusing to. It's just right. like unless somebody really pushed me and said, "Oh, you have it's so good. It's way better right. than the first, which I've also <laughs> never seen." Um there's nothing in it that appeals to me except right. that it's a movie. But I have to say, I saw the first one. It was fine. It mm-hmm. was 2 hours at the movies, which is generally well spent for me and there yeah. were things I liked about it. It I have no desire to see the second one, but if my neighbor came knocking on my door and I had the time and said, come on, we're all going to the movies. We're going to see Second Best Marigold <laughs> Hotel. I'd be like, I'll get my purse. I don't know why I'm picking on a movie that's like five years old. I know. It's not even current. I I sometimes feel like I like too much, which people listening to this might be like, you're crazy. You don't like anything. <laughs> uh, and maybe I come off that way on this show. I don't know. But I've been catching up on some past episodes of a podcast that I won't name. But it's hosted by a screenwriter and one of my favorite directors. Uh, And I listen to it and I'm like, they don't seem to like movies. Right. So I don't get it. Why have you devoted your life to this? Why are you hosting a podcast in which you talk about movies just to kind of shit on every title that comes up? That's sad. That's too bad. It bums me out. Yeah. I can see why that would bum you out. Yeah. There are definitely movies I like more than other movies, but a movie has to pretty much have active badness for me to really not like it. Sure. Or there's a couple movies that people love that I don't care for because they just either the vibe rubs me the wrong way, I find them too creepy or whatever, disturbing. Okay. Which might mean they're very successful. Right. At what they're trying to do. Right. But that doesn't mean I have to love that or seek them out. Right. So. I am finishing this book that I'm writing with Heather, and the next movie that I have Yay. to write about is Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Okay. And I've been putting it off because I don't want to watch that movie again. I've seen it once. It's very effective at doing something that I don't like. Yeah. And so it's not a bad movie. Right. It's just it's too good at doing this thing that upsets right. me. Right. Uh, so I know what you're talking about. Yep. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Last night, 
we were having a conversation about why we like the things we like. Because I won't leave your house. I know. You're going to have to talk to me eventually. I do. <laughs> uh, we have to turn off. You are so not invited to my bat mitzvah. <laughs> not till it's over, baby. Not till it's over. Um, and we were talking about why do you like the things that you like? And right. you were talking about science fiction. Yes. And kind of saying, like, I don't know why I'm so into science yes. fiction. So that seems like a good yeah. starting point yeah. for our conversation. And Right, because we were also – because I think I started that conversation with asking you not why do you like horror because yeah. I'm sure you have answers because I'm sure you get asked that Can question. Can I tell you the truth? Yeah. I get asked that question all the time. Yeah. I have no answer. Well, see, I didn't ask that question. No, you did not. Last night I asked you, do you, you know – where is the rum? Where is the love? <laughs> um I love rum. I know you. What should. makes me sing that? A regular pirate you are. Hey, um, <laughs> more pirate talk on the Patreon. No, there won't be. There won't be. Um, I'm sorry. That's okay. So I asked you, do you know why? And you were telling me you don't know why yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really interesting because it is my theory that most people who've seen a lot of movies, there will sort of be a genre that kind of bubbles to the surface for them that is particularly exciting, yeah. that is particularly resonant. And that genre might change for you through your life, mm -hmm. depending on where you are in your life. Mine really has always been science fiction. Okay. Even when I was a small child, I was fascinated with Star Trek on TV before I could even really fully understand certainly couldn't understand what they were doing socially certainly couldn't understand sort of the larger picture of who Ray Bradbury was mm -hmm. and, you know what some of the more progressive or transgressive things were about that show just the fact that it was space and 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 planets mm -hmm. and alien that was fascinating to me um Kids often have an imaginary friend, and I know you know this about me. <laughs> <laughs> so I may have even talked about it on the podcast you before. You might have. I yeah, think I, I did. I so um, all you Jan fans out there, <laughs> write it down. They're called what Jan am stands. I going to say? Jan stands. Yeah. <laughs> right. But Stan, who is rarely on the podcast, mm -hmm. those are called Stan fans. Correct. Uh, Jan stands, <laughs> Stan fans, fan Jans. Um, that's me. What was I saying? <laughs> Okay, so here's imaginary the, friends. Yes, a lot of kids have imaginary friends. Yeah. My favorite imaginary friend when I was very young, like between what year was the first year of Star Trek? I want to say I would have been six. Sixty-seven would be my guess. Okay, so four. Okay. Um, was my imaginary friend was Mr. Spock, and um, he fascinated me, and I wanted him to be around me. I wished he was around me. Um. To explain the world to me because I thought he would do a good job and because I liked the thought of explaining my world to him. That was n an unending source of fun for me mm -hmm. is to have him in my brain talking to me and teaching me things about space and me teaching him things about the suburbs of Chicago, <laughs> which he found fascinating. <laughs> Um, 
How did you feel then when you saw Wrath of Khan and they killed your imaginary friend? Um, shitty, I would yeah, think. Yeah. Probably by that time I knew he w- both was and wasn't imaginary. <laughs> Got it. He was uh, not imaginary in that the character definitely existed, but he was imaginary in that he was not a real <clears throat> person in following me around my backyard. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Spock is a great character, and I'm sure I don't remember it specifically, but I'm sure I probably you know cried in the sure. theater because yeah. I did see all the Star Trek movies you know in the theater when yeah. they came out, which is a great way to see him on the big screen. I think. Unfortunately, there are so many great sci-fi movies that people will never have my experience of seeing for the first time okay. in a movie theater where I think sci-fi is – it's almost always cooler on a big screen when you can see giant spaceships sure. and, and lasers very bright and um, – But if not yeah. – But if not – the backseat of an airplane. That, absolutely. Just a tiny little monitor screen strapped to the with, seat of an airplane. With your uh, tiny plastic cup oh, of, yeah. of Diet Coke with the ice cubes melting oddly immediately. quickly. Immediately. Yeah, right? Yeah. Oddly fast. Um, yeah. yeah, and then people always coming up to you and asking you for your trash <laughs> throughout the flight. Do you have any trash? Can I, I can make trash? some. Do you have any trash? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know why I love sci-fi, but for me, that's always been the one. Mm-hmm. Has it always been horror for you, too, right? Yes. Okay. More than others, but not only. Yeah. Um, it, this is not a judgment, but I obviously know or interact with people who kind of only watch horror. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's limiting. Oh, of course. But we all like what we like. So yeah. if all you like is horror, that's totally fine. But I feel like seeing other stuff can make you appreciate yes. aspects of horror more. Or uh, with with science fiction, like you are so like smart and kind mm. of cerebral in <laughs> in sort of a. You grew up with Spock, so how yeah, could you not be? I know. He taught me a lot. <laughs> but, he taught me a lot. So I feel like a genre that is so idea forward makes sense right. that you respond so well to it. Yeah. I honestly think you're onto something there. You know me well. And that is something I really do like about the genre yeah. is that it is idea forward. Right. It's very what if. Right. Right. Um, which is something that f- that question fascinates me. What if this? What if that? Mm-hmm. Isn't what if dinosaurs but Adam Driver? Right. What if dinosaurs but spaceships? Right. What if cowboys and aliens? <laughs> oh, speaking of sci-fi, that doesn't work. Uh, speaking of things with Harrison Ford in True, them. But I like westerns and I like science fiction. I know. So I like the mixing of genres, despite our joke from earlier. Yes. Cowboys and Aliens didn't did totally not, work for me. Did not totally but I only work. saw it the one time and I haven't seen it since. Okay. I would see it again. Yeah. Just because it has a Harrison Ford. Right. Not all the Harrison Fords. <laughs> but a Harrison Ford and yeah. B, spaceships. Yeah. That's enough to get me to see it sure. again, even though I don't remember loving it the first time. Yeah. I don't either. Mm. But that's fine. But this is interesting because I do think science fiction is very f- idea forward. Mm-hmm. 
But don't you think horror is too? I yes. mean, they're of the two genres. I mean, every movie, ideally, it's kind of a. They don't know. That's true. I just today I published a thing on Patreon. Every month I do like here's the five, my five favorite discoveries for the previous month. Yes. So it's not stuff that I've rewatched. It's like stuff that was new to me. And I recommended a movie called Cobweb. And okay. I'm not suggesting you go see Cobweb because I'm probably going to show it for Scary Movie I'm Night. I'm going to see it right after this. <laughs> so, and you're coming back for Scary Movie Night. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to watch Cobweb. So don't see Cobweb. Got see it. it for the first time here. Cobweb is, I think, really good. Has almost no ideas. Like, Really? It's, it's hard not, for me to imagine. It's not really about – it's about being a kid and being afraid of the world and like yeah. your parents are creepy. Um <laughs> So there's enough of like a hook there, sure. but it's not like a horror movie that really grabs you where it's like, oh my gosh, this movie's about so many things. Yes. You know, Cobweb is like a little bit empty, okay. but it's like done so well that I don't totally care. Oh my God. Yeah. You just described a cobweb. What? What? <laughs> Mind yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Weird, right? Um, yeah. So... There's definitely science fiction movies that are like that as well, sure. where it's like on the surface there's lasers and spaceships, but there are no actual ideas. Yeah. But you're enough of a fan of sci-fi that like just the lasers and spaceships will is get enough. me in the seat. Okay. It will get me in the seat. Got it. I particularly love sci-fi movies that. Okay, great example. Yeah. You asked me the other day. You've seen Arrival, right? Yes. I love that movie. Yes. And, and I ask because yes. I assumed that you would love it if you yes. hadn't seen it. It is science fiction. No lasers. No lasers. No lasers. No. Just, but it's very idea-forward sadness. sadness. <laughs> um, and it's not- Lasers of sadness. <laughs> oh, sadness that cuts <laughs> like a laser. Um, and squids. Um, yeah. So that's really interesting because it's not- I think for some folks, they, I mean, obviously it's science fiction because there are aliens and spaceships in it, but it's not science fiction in that it doesn't take place in a very far future right. or past. It doesn't take place on a different planet. There aren't a lot of humans wearing silver jumpsuits. <laughs> it's not that kind of science right. fiction. Right. But it is very idea forward. Yeah. Um, and I love it. Yeah. Um, Dennis Villeneuve is a really good director. He is. I'm just thinking of like, of the recent sci-fi movies that are really good. Yeah. I still like Blade Runner 2049. Me it's too. It's not Blade Runner. It can't be. Right. What could be? By the way, I saw, not to judge what people tweet, somebody on Twitter, I don't know who, um, out yourself. Come on. Come forward in the comments. about the movie Kingdom of Heaven. And they okay. said Kingdom of Heaven, the theatrical cut of Kingdom of Heaven, is a mess. The director's cut is Ridley Scott's best movie. And I was oh. like, I admire that position. I think it's an interesting commentary on the theatrical cut versus the director's cut and this mistake that was corrected. So I'm totally fine with it. But like, Ridley Scott's best movie? Uh <laughs> Okay, obviously you you know me, and yes. I, I was like, have they seen Blade Runner? But even without me, like, have they seen freaking Alien? Right, exactly. <laughs> Just anyway. And okay, a Kingdom of Heaven would be 
further down my list of favorite Ridley Scott movies. Also, maybe that's a future podcast is Ridley Scott movies because sure. he's a director who is very directory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and has done just a really wide range of movies. Yeah, for sure. But I would want the podcast to uh, center on his commercial work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Blade Runner 2049, Arrival, Dune. Yeah. Dune 2 coming out Which next I'm year now. I'm excited about the trailer. I saw sure. the trailer. I'm excited about that. Yeah. I yeah. really liked Dune. I really liked Dune. Yeah. And um, people can laugh all they want about uh, T-Shawls, but um, <laughs> I thought he did a terrific performance. He, I thought he was really good in the part. Yeah. I feel like everybody was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, there's a lot of people that like, oh, well, the second one, though, is when they'll, Zendaya, like, didn't yeah. do much in the first she'll one. But in the do. next one, she'll yeah. have more to do. And even uh, Anton Sugar. Um, oh. Javier uh, Bardem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, Another, okay. Javier Bardem. Yeah. Quick side note. Yeah. Sorry, I moved way You, you absolutely the did, but it's <laughs> theater of the mind, everyone. Theater of the mind. Um, quick side note: another actor who is fascinating to watch. Sure, he's just interesting to watch all the time. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see Lyle Lyle Crocodile. <laughs> no, neither did I. <laughs> I did not know he was in that. He is. Is he the crocodile? He's not. Is he the lake? <laughs> what? <laughs> Do crocodiles live in lakes? According to uh, a movie that came out in 1999. Lake Placid. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> to bring it back to 99. Ladies and gentlemen, the callback. That's right. It's the Herald. Um, <laughs> we're talking about science fiction. And horror. Uh, sure, we, we can, can talk, talk about, about horror, horror too. too. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, you know. Science fiction horror, we mentioned Alien. Yes. I kind of Googled for a list of like good science fiction horror and it was all either science fiction or horror. Okay. And so this is another point I thought we might want to bring up. Yeah. Is why do people want to sometimes, not all people do this, but sometimes people really like this idea of shoving a movie in, into a box and saying it's one thing but not the other. Right. And <clears throat> that um, or – Star Wars is not a science fiction movie. Star Wars is a pirate movie. It's a adventure western. Or western. Just because okay. there's spaceships and lasers doesn't mean it's science fiction because it doesn't have a ton of ideas. I won't say it has no ideas, right. but it's not idea driven science fiction. But to to visually make people think of that meme of the little girl, why not both? Right. That to me, that's f so much fun. I think. I think, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn, that audiences have gotten more sophisticated and are more willing to accept a movie that dabbles in different genres. I know, like, when American Werewolf in London came out, um, or, or, or when Landis was trying to get it made, it was like, this will never get made. It's too funny for a horror movie, too scary for a comedy. Uh, and finally, because he had had so much success with Blues Brothers and Animal House, he had the opportunity right. to make it the way he wanted to make it. But, I mean, Adam Which Green has talked both. about it with Hatchet. Like, it's it's too much of both to be one thing. And I do feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, but I do feel like 
movies are able to do it more now. Good. I wish more movies would, would maybe. <laughs> um, okay, this is something interesting that just popped into my head. Okay. Um, it's about my youth. No, um, <laughs> it's we're talking sort of about science fiction, horror, genres, the fact that mo- movies can be different genres and cross-genres and multi-genre. I think horror science fiction is a great combination. Sure. It's like ch- chocolate and peanut butter. It's a great <laughs> – they're two very different things that taste great together. And even though I love science fiction movies, I cannot think offhand of a lot of science fiction comedies that super worked for me. Hmm. I mean, again, it depends on are we just talking about the trappings of science fiction? Like, is Spaceballs a science fiction comedy? Because it takes place in outer space. That's uh, that's actually the first one I thought of. Okay. Galaxy Quest? Okay, you found it. I love Galaxy Quest. Yeah, it's, it's a perfect movie. Super funny. Yeah, it's very science fictiony. Okay, I Men in Black is down. sort of science fictiony. Yeah, okay. there are people who would make a case that Ghostbusters is science fictiony. That's funny because when we were prepping, yeah. our extensive preparation for this <laughs> podcast, I had kind of made a mental note: Ghostbusters is it sci-fi? I would say it is horror. Science fiction and comedy. Yes. And I would have a hard time really picking which genre. I guess I guess if I had to list one on the top, it would be comedy. Yeah. That well, the is question is, where do you put it funny. in the video store? And the answer is comedy. Yes. Yeah. Same with Galaxy Quest. Like, I don't think you would find Galaxy Quest in science fiction. Here's my take on this. I want to bring back video stores, and I interesting. Would, you have I would my have attention. A copy of Galaxy Quest. That's in too many both. Galaxy Quests. Never. <laughs> I would have it in both science. How about this? Okay. If your video store mm-hmm. is just the list of your streaming the, the streaming services movie list. Okay. And you can search by title. Right. Search by genre. Right. I would want it to show up under both. Mm-hmm. I would want that little icon of the poster to show up under science fiction movies, comedy movies, okay, and horror movies. Ghostbusters. Yes. We're talking Ghostbusters. about Ghostbusters, not yeah. Galaxy Quest. I don't see no horror, horror elements no horror. in Galaxy no. Quest. Definitely, definitely science fiction. Definitely comedy. Mm-hmm. Mm, not a love story. Trying to think if I could jam it onto any other lists. Tim Allen movies. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. If we're talking about Tim Allen movies, that's, <laughs> that's one. That's the best one. <laughs> oh, that's definitely the best it. one. But Although I also love Big Trouble. You know I love Big Trouble. I, you do love Big I Trouble, do love which Big I haven't Trouble. seen since the theater. And you guys quoting it all the time leads me to believe that I should see it again because at the time I didn't love it. I'm going to go someplace less stupid. Um, that's a quote from that movie. <laughs> and what you're thinking right now. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, is Back to the Future a sci-fi comedy? Like, yes. Okay. You just totally blew, uh, blew holes with your laser gun, your horror laser gun, yeah. into my sci-fi comedy theory. Um, and I guess maybe it's because the first one I thought of was Spaceballs. And frankly, I'm not a huge fan of Spaceballs. Nor am I. 
Spaceballs does have one of the funniest scenes that I've seen in a sci-fi comedy. Okay. Is the one scene where they're watching the video. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it there. If yeah. you haven't seen it, YouTube it. <laughs> or just pop in Spaceballs. It might be right up your alley. It might be exactly what you need. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people love Spaceballs. Yes. I don't. I don't love it. And I've told this story so many times. Please tell again. As a kid, we got to go see maybe one <laughs> I know the story. first run movie a year. <laughs> and I wanted to see Harry and the Hendersons because I was 10 because it had a guy in a Bigfoot suit. And I was like, I, yeah. I don't really like that movie, but I didn't know that at the time because I hadn't seen it. Right. But no, those two facts totally go together. <laughs> 10 years old, wants yeah. to see Bigfoot. Right. Enough said. Interested in monster makeup and stuff. Yeah. And here's a family movie with a guy in a Bigfoot suit. Um, what I really wanted to see was Predator. But, of course, I mm, knew, knew I couldn't get the family to go Never. see Predator. So I was like, Kevin Peter Hall, he's in both. He plays Bigfoot in this one. So let's go see this one. We were so close to going to see Harry and the Hendersons. Last minute, my brother all of a sudden out of nowhere just cock blocks me. And he's like, what about Spaceballs? And for some reason, my family was like, Yeah. So we go to see Definitely Spaceballs. Definitely we want to take the kids to a movie with balls in the title. And even as a 10-year-old, I was like, nah, this movie is not working for me. Uh, at one point, I got up to go to the bathroom. This was at the Woodfield Mall Theater. R.I.P. Woodfield Mall RIP, Theater. But they had doors you know, into the other yeah. theaters, and they had glass windows, like small ones. Yeah. but. So I walked by the Predator Theater and just was staring in the glass window trying to see some of Predator. Speaking of movies that are sci-fi and something else, sci-fi action. Yes. What's the best sci-fi action movie ever made? Oh, man. See, I I have an answer. You have the answer? I have an answer. An answer. I kind of want to say – I almost kind of want to say Alien again, but I also might think – The first one are you talking about? Yeah. Because I think you can make a case for Aliens as the best sci-fi action movie. Okay, more If the first one is like sci-fi horror, Aliens is sci-fi action. But I'm also thinking maybe Terminator? Terminator's a good answer. Okay. I don't know what's your answer. RoboCop. RoboCop. Terrific choice. But Terminator, good answer. Terminator 2 is good. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I like both those movies. I feel like. There's a lot more sci-fi action than there is sci-fi comedy. Yeah, I guess that's it's so it's not so much that I don't know sci-fi comedies that work for me because you just named several that I love. Love Galaxy Quest, love um that other one. <laughs> Back to the Future 3. Uh no, that's a western. Oh right. <laughs> sci-fi comedy western. But I think um, – so sci-fi horror would probably be my peanut butter and chocolate. Mm-hmm. But um, I also think sci-fi action is a great combination. For sure. Um, I'm trying to think what would be not a great combination. I think sci-fi western is harder to pull off, but there's a lot of potential in there. Themes of you know, taming – Exploring um, rulelessness, lawlessness, those Western themes, good mm-hmm. guy, bad guy, real sharp kind of good right. guy, good guy. Even actually, even something like a Western trope like 
um, the man with no name, the the, the man yeah. who can't stay, mm-hmm. um, would be terrific, I think, in a sci-fi movie and probably has been. Yeah, for sure. I mean, people make the case that, like, The Rogue Warrior is a sci-fi Western. I could definitely Even make though there's case. not, like, a lot of sci-fi in it. I bit my tongue at the same time, no, which is why I kind of lisped. Um, it takes place in the future. Yes. It's dystopian, you know, so there are aspects of science fiction, but it's not, it's certainly not hard science fiction. There is a full moon movie called Oblivion. Okay. That came out in like 94 and it's my favorite Cowboys and Aliens movie. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out. It's hard to find a good copy. They have, for whatever reason, they've never put it out like in actual widescreen on Blu-ray. So there's like a shitty full screen DVD. Uh, but it's super fun and it is literally just the old West, but also there's an alien and giant spiders and, you know, I dig it. um, I feel like the other way around works better where you're making a science fiction movie and incorporating Western tropes, kind of like what you were just mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. And surely, I mean, it's something like, um, Peter Hyams outland with Sean Connery. Definitely. Yeah. Is which is literally the- high noon in space. Yes. And it's a, f- Fun, crazy watch. Yes, it's good. <laughs> I like that movie. It's a fun, crazy watch. Um, I could think about um, one genre mix that is really uh, popular is sci-fi fantasy. Yeah. I'm a also a big fan of fantasy movies. Okay. I've established many times during this very podcast that I'm a sci-fi fan. Right. Not a huge fan of sci-fi fantasy. Interesting. I don't know why. So what would be an example of sci-fi fantasy? Okay. So, um... Because right now my mind is only going to fantasy fantasy. Okay. What about Krull, though? Oh, yeah. That's sci-fi fantasy. I mean, and actually Krull is a movie I think is fun. Um, I would even say... kind of fun. Yeah, I don't know. I might even call something like um, Flash Gordon almost a sci-fi. Flash Gordon uh, rules, though. Fantasy. So. Honestly, not my favorite. <laughs> okay. I know. See, this is this is my weird flex <laughs> on sci-fi. Okay. Maybe it's because there are so many elements to just a straight-up fantasy film that, like, elves and right. hobbits and stuff right. that I don't need the sci-fi but okay or maybe because i don't like uh the distinction between the two i want to just think of them all as the same thing so i don't i don't know okay interesting yeah not a lot of sci-fi romance no isn't that sad would something like what's the i i there's two titles that i often get confused Time After Time and Somewhere in Time. And one of them I've seen and is super good. It's Time After Time is the one where where Malcolm McDowell is H.G. Wells, right? Yes. And I also – hold on. Let me make sure. It's like trying to catch Jack the Ripper. Time After Time is actually a Cyndi Lauper song. Oh, okay. That's what the Googles tell me. I often confuse Malcolm McDowell (laughs) movies for Cyndi Lauper songs. They're like – There were years where I called a clockwork orange she-bop. (laughs) She-bop. Hard to distinguish. I know. Um, yes, time after time is H.G. Wells pursues Jack okay. the Ripper. That movie's so good. I really enjoy that movie. Yeah, but is it science fiction? I mean, there's a okay. little bit of time travel. I'm gonna give it the sci-fi nod. Okay. 
just because of the time travel. Okay. Because also, not only is time travel a trope of sci-fi movies, but it is, I would say, an idea. It is a sci-fi idea. Right. True. Right. What if, dot, 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 time travel. Okay. What if time travel? What if we discover caveman living in pool? (laughs) <laughs> is Encino Man a science fiction movie just because there's a what if in front of it? No. <laughs> it's a love story. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. I would say, yeah. I really like Time After Time. That is a good example of a romance with sci-fi elements. I never saw, what was the one, The Time Traveler's Wife? Eric Bana no, and Rachel McAdams. Either. Okay. That does not... I would have to probably give it the nod, but does it's got time travel in the title. Yes, but it does not seem really time travelly or, or re- really sci-fi. It's very time travelly. Yes, but it's not. It's not sci-fi as much. Would you call a movie like Ash Goes Back to Medieval Times? Is that which mm. which Evil Dead is that? Army of Darkness. Okay, Army of Darkness. Yeah. Would you call that sci-fi? No. Right? Me Never. neither. I wouldn't even call it horror. <laughs> no. What would you call it? I have it's no idea. Really? Com- oh, I mean, it's, it's a comedy, comedy but I mean, it's, it's not very funny. Yeah, but it's not. I don't know. That's yeah. A, no, see, it's that's a really a tough hard one. movie to categorize. Definitely. But again, I would posit that that's one of its charms. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And because. A movie that's going to be that hard to categorize means it's not like a lot of other stuff. Right. And that's always a good thing. Always. Yeah. Always. Even if what it is isn't for you. Right. And I've had that experience as well, seeing a movie where it's different and it's unique and it's not for me, but I'm glad it exists. Yes. And I'm glad the structure exists that allowed a person to make that movie. Absolutely. Because, and you know, one other thing we've talked about just a little bit recently is the writer strike going on right now yeah. in Hollywood. Is it weird that I support the studios? Yes, you <laughs> Philistine. I'm just kidding, everyone. Um, Who am I, Bill Maher? <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> we were talking about the writer's strike. Yeah. Um, especially in light of this writer's strike, like, and seeing how complicated things are in the hidden, like, the business of movies, mm-hmm. the fact that any movie gets made seems sometimes like a fucking miracle. Yeah, for sure. So... Even if I see one of those movies that's different and unique and has unique performances and unique performers Mm -hmm. and it's not for me, I will still usually have a feeling of gratitude in my heart that the world exists in which this movie got made. Yeah. So. Yeah. And a lot of times I can sort of imagine the audience that it is for. Yeah. And I'm happy for them, even if it's not for me. Uh, I just today saw someone post, I won't be super specific, but a, a movie got announced that was coming to like 4K and somebody posted that they were excited about that. And the next comment underneath was like, why? 
And I just was like, just let the person let be excited. If you don't <laughs> like that movie, it's okay. You don't have to buy it. Okay, so let that person be excited. What I love is that there are probably people who saw that announcement about that particular title coming mm-hmm. to 4K mm-hmm. who were like, yes, right. I look forward to seeing this movie with a higher resolution, with seeing more detail, and <laughs> with seeing, more K, with more Ks, yeah. and a special K. <laughs> Um, Ketamine? But yes. (laughs) I'm raising the roof, folks. Um, But also there might, it might exist only because there are technicians who relish the challenge of doing that process for this movie. Right. Or a studio that has some kind of algorithm that... Right. Told them this one would be a good one. Right. There are a lot of reasons. Right. So don't ask why. Right. Ask why not. <laughs> Maybe this release is going to help fund some other movie coming to 4K that you are really excited about. Yeah. You know? And at least somebody it's funding some jobs in a creative field right. for like movie restoration, movie you know, making. That was a big thing. We're, we're off sci-fi for a second, but that was a big thing when, like, uh, the Look Criterion back. Collection would put out um, Michael Bay movies or even more recently, I think they put out WALL-E. And people were like, why? Why are they doing that? Those movies are, you know, too commercial and they don't need the help. And it's like, yeah, but Criterion putting this out, they're going to sell a bunch of copies and that's okay. going to help them put out smaller movies that you are interested in. So sure. Relax and don't buy it if you don't want to. A hundred percent. Also, what's wrong with Wally? Oh, I don't know. I, Again, it's sci-fi, so it's good. It is sci-fi. <laughs> is Armageddon sci-fi? They're I, in space. That's true. I don't know if I've ever seen Armageddon. You are missing out. Okay, it's it's a meteor, right? I don't think you would like it. Yeah. Uh, it might be an asteroid. Asteroid. Yeah. Medium. There was an, a meteor in 65. Oh, okay. Okay, so do we now need to switch the conversation over to meteor movies? <laughs> There's Meteor Man with Robert Townsend. <laughs> okay. And that's it. Okay. Um, that's all of them. Because they're butchers... Would you call Texas Chainsaw Massacre a... <laughs> Wait for it, folks. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm just going to stop there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would call it that. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Me too. Lightning round. Okay. Yeah. What's one or more of your favorite sci-fi movies? Oh, my gosh. Um, we named a couple like the of recent ones, the Dennis Villeneuve movies. Uh, yeah. I really like in terms of recent science fiction. There's a, a movie that Danny Boyle made called Sunshine. Yeah, that is half of one of my favorite science fiction movies ever made. Okay, and then it becomes kind of a horror movie, which you would think I would love. Yeah, but it nah. loses me almost completely. Okay. Um. Does that have George Clooney in it? No. Okay, what movie am I thinking of? Uh, the remake of um, Typing. Solaris, maybe? Typing away. I think, I think I am thinking of Solaris. Which I like. Okay. I like I'm Solaris. That's Steven remember. Soderbergh. Sunshine is like the the sun is going to explode and oh, okay, wipe okay, out okay. all life. Yeah. Killing Murphy's in it and Rose Byrne yeah, and Chris yeah, yeah. Evans and Michelle Yeoh and yeah. lots of people who are huge now and weren't when Sunshine was made. 
Uh, I think I need to do a rewatch on Sunshine. The first half is so good. And then I'll stop. And then it there's a guy chasing him around on the ship. And it's oh, like okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um It's not bad, but right. like it doesn't live up to the promise of the first half of the movie, is all I'll say. Okay. Other For me. Other favorite sci fi. Oh my gosh. Uh I'm so underprepared. Do you have like a favorite can you think of one offhand that's just a favorite? Spaceships, lasers, this is the future. This is... Uh, I won't say Flash Gordon. <laughs> it's okay if you love it. It has all those things. That one. You can be um, wrong. It's okay. You this know what? A lot space. of people... I mean, Blade Runner would be one of them, obviously, for me. And that's, that's not... I'm nice. not just saying that because of... The laser who's gun on I have the show. pointed at you under the table. <laughs> my mother. Um, I'll tell you about my mother. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, all right. Isn't one of mine because, Mm. nope, nope, nope. It's not because I don't like it. It's because I I won't say I've never seen it. I probably saw it on VHS. What? Yeah. I probably saw it on VHS and then I haven't seen it since because I keep waiting. For a 70 millimeter. For 70 millimeter. And do you know at least three times I've- I was there for one of them. Gone to see it in 70 millimeter. Yes. And it's been canceled. Yes. Once at the music box, right? Yes. Twice yes. at the music box and once in New York. Erica oh, and I had tickets to see it in 70 millimeter. They said our projector's not working. Goodness. We're going to show a DCP. And I was like, well, I can watch uh, a Blu-ray at home. Yeah. So we left. Yeah. The right. world is conspiring against me seeing it. In but, 70 millimeter. But didn't you see Barbie in theaters? I did. The whole thing was, the whole beginning was 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah, that's right. So you saw, it's basically like seeing that. I remember being a kid and being sick. I'm kidding. And turning on the TV in the middle of the night. Yeah. I got to sleep on the couch because I was nice, sick. Nice, yeah. And then I could turn on the TV at two in the morning and I'm watching people in what are clearly ape suits yeah. smashing bones around. And I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? So I go and get the TV guide and look up like what's showing at 2.30 a.m. on HBO. And it's 2001 A Space Odyssey. And I'm like, what part of 2001 has monkeys with bones? The, begin- the beginning. The beginning. Does. Beginning. Um, I love that, though. I'm looking at like recent sci-fi movies. Yeah, sure. Did you like Ad Astra? I don't think I saw Ad Astra. It's really good. Okay. I'm I'm adding it to my list. I liked that one a lot. Again, I have um, a movie partner that I love. Yes. JB, who honestly is not that keen on sci-fi. So I miss a lot How of sci-fi. do you make it work? It's, mm, it's just love, baby. <laughs> it's just love. Uh, what are besides Blade Runner? What are some of your favorites? And then I can just be uh, like, "Oh, mine too." Movies? Yeah, yeah. Two thousand one for sure. Oh, God Arrival God. for sure. Yeah, Arrival's good. Um, I really like Moon. Moon's um, really good. Uh, what else do I like? Love Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, I did you like Annihilation from a couple of years ago? Yeah, I did. That's Actually, good. again, yeah. some ideas, some weird. That's Alex Garland who made Ex Machina, which is good science okay. fiction. Yeah. Um, I really liked. I actually really liked Ex Machina. Yeah. Okay. Quick aside. No, oh, there it is. Another performer that I really love to watch, who was also in Dune, Oscar Isaac. Yes. And that I am thinking of the right Ex, Ex Machina. Machina right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Where he dances. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um. 
obviously Blade Runner, I think I said that one. Uh, I just, I want to look at some recent ones too. <laughs> some of my favorites. Uh, Are you a fan of Under the Skin? Yeah, I actually was. That movie's so good. Uh, I was a fan of that. Um, I liked, um, I'm really bad at movie titles. That's okay. It's a future, it's a future movie. Oh. Heartbeeps. It was Heartbeeps. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Okay. Look at a movie like Cloud Atlas. If I have to. One of my favorite movies of all time. And we yeah. once did like an eight hour long podcast. Yeah, Because I could not stop talking about that was Cloud fun, Atlas. Huh? But that's certainly a science fiction movie. Yes. But also along the way, so many other movies, right. so many other genres. Right. I love Cloud Atlas. Yeah. Um, Super good. Uh, that was the Wachowskis. They did The Matrix. That's pretty good science fiction. Yeah. Yeah. And again, very idea forward. Right. Uh, we did a podcast once on Strange Days. That's science yeah, fiction. Absolutely. I like that movie. Uh, one that I haven't rewatched recently, I remember really liking Fifth Element. Yeah, okay, there. I lost him, folks. <laughs> I had him in a lost. I find it watchable. It's like candy. It's yeah, yeah, the, yeah. very colorful and has lots of energy. I just can't ever come around to like fully love it. Um, I think I like it, but yeah. I it's not it's not a movie I love. I like parts of Interstellar. I need to rewatch it because yeah. I only saw it the one time and I was not in love with it. But Okay. What about Inception? I mean, I love Inception. Are we calling it science fiction? Yes. That's okay. what I'm asking you. Yeah, I guess. Then. What else would I, I mean. I know, right? But it's not, it's not necessarily pew, pew. Right. It's not really an action movie, even though there's some action in it. There's like a hallway fight. Uh, right. Oh, that hallway fight is great. It's cool. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Star Wars, I'm just a huge Star Wars fan, and yeah. I do not love all of the trilogies equally. I do not love <laughs> all of the movies equally. Yeah. I do not love all of the ancillary Star Wars adjacent Star Wars universe, mm -hmm. but not in the three trilogies, movies right. equally. But of all those things, there are movies I love. Yes, that makes sense. Okay. Doesn't Let me ask you about this. Yes. It's Ridley Scott. Yes, it's science please. fiction. takes place Got in it. space. Yeah. It has a lot of ideas. Okay. I think I know where you're More going More ideas, this. I would argue, than Then it's good for it. <laughs> if, if it's <laughs> the movie. Too. Yes. If it's the movie that I think you're about to ask. Prometheus. I, that's the movie I thought. Yeah. Because um, I don't love it. I loved it when I saw it. Okay. We had a conversation possibly over email about it where I'm like, yeah, he's right on this. You and I, I did? Not. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember this. Um. Where you were pointing out some things to me, I'm like, yeah, that's true. That is a problem. <laughs> that was a um, dick move on my part. I apologize for that. Um, I think the subject line was something like, you don't deserve <laughs> to love things. And I'm like, what? <laughs> um, so I'd really like to revisit that yeah. kind of series. Mm -hmm. I, I know I liked it more than you. Yeah. I wouldn't say I loved it, but there were – there's. Are there three? No, he only Just did two. that and Alien Covenant. Yeah, Alien Covenant. I think the movies honestly were hampered by needing to be alien movies. 
Okay. I think if he had just made this movie called Prometheus and it was about these aliens who started life and where we come from and there's yeah. the Michael Fassbender character, super interesting, great performance. Yeah. A lot of good stuff in it. You know, it looks great. It's Ridley Scott, so of course it does. Uh, um, but every time it needs to be an alien movie, it doesn't work for me. Something's not working Yeah. For okay. You know, we were talking about Road Warrior just a few minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I think is even more sci-fi-y than Road Warrior and that a movie that I really love and was resentful of <laughs> at first when I heard it was being made? Mm-hmm. Fury Road. Okay. And I love that movie. I think it's it has more sci-fi-ness in some ways okay. than Road Warrior. Um, and I was kind of against it at first because I'm like, what? Yeah. Why do we need right. another one? Why right. do we need a different Max Rakotowski? Right. And um, it was the director... George Miller. George Miller. I yeah. kept wanting to say Herman Miller, but he's a designer. Um, <laughs> you lost me there. George Miller, uh, I think it was his involvement that made it so great. Yeah, for sure. Because he just brought back this, not not only the visual style, but some of the sensibilities Yeah, that, that made it so great. Yeah. Would you, uh, maybe we should end with this. Do you think? Not if I can help it. I'm I'm already second guessing this question. Okay, ask it though. It's cool. Because I think the 70s might be mm. the answer, but there's less science fiction in the 70s. I mean, there's a lot of science fiction in the 70s. There actually is. Yeah. But I I I was going to say, do you think like the 2000s have the most sort of idea-driven science fiction? Wow, that's really hard to say. I'm thinking of a lot of like smaller movies because I think big studio movies yeah. tend to not have a ton of ideas. Again, sometimes they get through the Matrix, the remake of Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you were the, supposed to stop me there. Yeah, I mean, you were stop, to, stop yeah. there. Um, I think the '70s actually did have a lot of yeah, science fiction. Yeah, for sure. But it was almost because it was almost a response to the social climate of exactly right. the space program. And so it wasn't as idea driven because the idea was already out there. The I, the big, you know, I'm making air quotes. The quote unquote big idea was mm-hmm. we're going to the fucking moon, like for real. Right. And so a lot of. But even I mean I I would I mean, say like that look the at a 70s, movie like Capricorn One right is another one we've Omega Man, Soylent Green, Logan's yes. Run, all pretty idea driven. Yeah. It's really once Star Wars comes along, they're like, oh, we don't have to have ideas. We can just <laughs> do spaceships and lasers. Okay. Yeah. Um, not that there's that's fine. Right. But that's kind of then carried over into the 80s right. and a lot of the 90s, which isn't to say that good sci-fi doesn't exist in those decades. Of course it does. Yes. Um, I think what finally happened in the 2000s was the technology caught up with the imagination. And okay. you look at a movie like The Matrix. Right. And what it was able to achieve right. from a special effects standpoint, from a technology standpoint, mm-hmm. even RoboCop, that which was a little earlier, I'm thinking? 87. 87. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot earlier. So, like, where the technology was finally kind of catching up yeah. to what some of those ideas were. Um, and I love the stop motion 
in RoboCop. Mm-hmm. Um, I love any science fiction movie that can still do some practical effects because I love practical effects. Of course. So I don't like everything to just look like it's been green screened. And I think that's a problem that we're having that now the technology has reached a point where it doesn't even have to be a sci-fi movie. It's like, oh, we're outdoors? Oh, literally. We're going to green that, green screen that because it might rain. Um, Every movie, uh, romantic comedies are just shot in front of green screens. Yeah, which... You can just tell, like, that light is yeah. unnatural. Yeah. Um, but I do think in the 2000s, um, I think a lot of smaller films, I mean, a lot of the movie, you know, Under the Skin, Ex Machina, yeah. Moon. Yeah. Some of the movies that we're mentioning are small movies because it's possible to write science fiction uh, – to write a really good science fiction screenplay that's filled with ideas that doesn't cost a lot of money. Yeah, and that doesn't take a lot of – I mean, you again, look at the special effects in Moon. Most of it right. is so kind of in the bottle. Right. It's all Sam Rockwell. So right. that's the special effect. Right. He's and the if, special effect. If not for the effects that they do to like Alicia Vikander in Ex Machina. Yeah. That's a movie that's just ideas and dialogue. Yeah. So you can do science fiction that way. Um, so sort of the proliferation of independent movies or smaller, lower budget movies uh, has helped, I think, good science fiction in the 2000s. Yes. What do you think? Mm, here's a question okay. that we can end on. All right. What do you think is the future well, of know. science fiction? <laughs> It's like a it's like a double sci fi whammy it's question. It's all just gonna come true. Um, it already is. I mean, okay, for the future of humanity. Yeah. Yes, we're already on our way to that right climate driven dystopia. Right. Hellscape. <laughs> That's a given. <laughs> it's gonna be escape from New York. All right. Um, all over. Except yeah. I will not uh, be Snake Plissken. I will be Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> Um, Dead on a bridge. But I mean, what do you think will be the future for sci-fi movies? Do you think we'll get more of these smaller idea-driven? I do um, because it doesn't seem like studios are super interested in... Spending money on good writing? Well, that, no. AI is the future. Um, They don't seem super interested in science fiction on on a... Major level. Every once in a while, stuff gets through. Interstellar, we we yeah. saw a couple of years ago. Matrix, we already mentioned. Stuff sneaks through. Um, but in terms of like big event, tentpole spectacle movies, there's not a ton of sci-fi that gets through. Unless it's Dune. Unless it's Dune. So I stand corrected. Because... But again, that's almost... The Dune getting made is not because it's a sci-fi. There's so much other stuff going on. Sure. Um. Yeah. And I think it's an instance of Dennis Villeneuve just being able to make what he wants. Yes. Which is true of yeah. Christopher Nolan and a handful of filmmakers. You know, maybe Greta Gerwig will want to make a science fiction movie because she has a blank check right now. So Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome, though? Yeah. I would love to see more of that. Yeah. I would actually love to see more... Huge budget. Oh my gosh. I know we're in I know we're wrapping things up, but I'm just gonna throw some thoughts out there for the listeners to mull over. Would you consider comic book movies 
science fiction because many of them do have yeah. lasers and spaceships. I don't really. I um, don't either. I consider comic book movies their whole. It's their own thing. Other that's, whole that's where they would thing. be in the video store. Yes. Um, but I would love to see more uh, giant sci-fi spectacular movies. I would love to see more small independent sci-fi movies that explore these ideas. In science fiction, uh, the ideas of what it means to be human what it means to rely on technology and how far we want to go with that, what it means to explore new worlds, mm-hmm. seek out new civilizations. Mm-hmm. But like literally, what would a new world look like? Mm. What would a different, what would a future look like? Mm-hmm. All those what if questions I would love to see explored both big and small. Yeah, I agree. That's so, it. That's it. I agree. All right. We finally found some common ground, Patrick Bromley. <laughs> Thank you for talking about this with me. This has been super fun. Yeah, I agree. It's fun to talk about science fiction. And I'll talk about it anytime you want. We don't have to be on a podcast because uh, I know JB is not going to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> and I promise not I to. I love you, Johnny. I promise not to email you to talk you out of liking things. No, I still like it. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, everybody listening, go to fthismovie.com every day for cool movie shit. Uh, go to follow us on Twitter at F this movie, like us on Facebook, follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash F this movie because reserved seating comes out every Thursday. Uh, we have a Patreon, which we've mentioned a few times this episode, go to patreon.com slash F this movie for some bonus content. Uh, all of your support is greatly appreciated. Very much so. Thanks again. We love you now. Will we love you in the future? Thanks for listening to FS Movie.